Parents of twins know that they joined a special group when their twins were born. But did you know how special and unique your twins actually are? And while we tend to think that identical twins are completely, well, identical, this is not always the case. Joining us today is our panel of twin parents who are here to talk about fascinating facts about twins. This is Twin Talks, episode 24. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Well, welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting a new parent to twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. Now, have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. And you can subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app, available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. So before we get started, let's go around and introduce our panel. Good day. <laughs> uh, my name is Brandy Wallace. I refuse to give my age, and the fact that it may incriminate me. <laughs> I just had a rather large birthday. It ends in a zero, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> and um, I am an attorney by profession. I am not practicing at the moment. I am on hiatus because I am raising our two sets of spontaneous twins. Uh, The first set are four-year-old identical boys. The second set are boy-girl fraternals that are 19 months. You got a busy household. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quiet, I'll tell you that. (laughs) And Brenda. My name is Brenda. I am I'm coming up on a birthday with a zero in it, but I bet it's not the same one because (laughs) I'm 49, barely hanging on to that. I'm an accountant by trade. I am very actively working, have been since shortly after my kids were born. I didn't really take any time off other than maternity leave. I have three boys. My oldest is 13, and my twins are identical twins. They're 11. Okay, and let's see. We've got Shelly over here. Hi, I'm Shelly Steely. I'm 30. It ends in a zero, but I'm still comfortable in it. <laughs> um, I'm a high school history teacher, and I'm also the producer here at Twin Talks. I have identical twin boys who are going to be two in July, um, and I'm actually expecting my third, just one this time, and it's a girl, so we are excited. Before we get started, though, I just wanted to remind you guys about our virtual panelist program. So if you're at home and you want to follow along, you can find our page on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and you can use the hashtag TwinTalksVP to stay part of the conversation. All right. And I'm your host, uh, Christine Sir Fitzgerald, and I've got uh, girls, identical girls who are four and a half, um, about the same age as Brandy here. And I do another thing in common with with Brandy. So um, we were both pregnant within... Uh, I think like a month of each other on our the second I did not have a second set so (laughs) (laughs) I got a singleton my singleton is 18 months and but I do remember when Brandy announced that she was pregnant again with twins and my jaw dropped I'm like please God (laughs) don't let that happen to me (laughs) were you already pregnant when I made the announcement you must have been because I was more than four weeks yes I think I I think because I was um yeah I I think I was pregnant (laughs) at the same time (laughs) but too early to see what was in there yes (laughs) 
So here at Twin Talks, we like to keep up with twins in the news. Um, today's twin news is a little bit gossipy, but we recently found out that Girls Gone Wild founder Joe Francis, his girlfriend is pregnant with twin girls. Oh, my. Now, Joe Francis and his longtime love are expecting twin daughters. Um, she says she's really excited about it. They want it. They want both wanted girls who were healthy and free of diseases, so they chose to do IVF. And uh, Mr. Francis says he believes that now people will finally understand his love, respect, and admiration for women. He says, I just love girls. Ah, ah, I love girls. (laughs) So what is this? I mean, is he going to, like, start videotaping them while they're young? I mean... (laughs) uh, What do you think? (laughs) I almost have no words, and that's rare. I have nothing nice to say, so... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's like it's kind of like what Hugh Hefner and you know he has a daughter and brings her in the business. I mean, what is he going to just you know bring her in like? Oh yeah, this is normal. And here, girls gone wild. And and I think know. it's interesting oh. though. I mean, with the way technology is now, that somebody who's young and healthy can choose. I mean, gender selection and opt for fertility treatments. Um, just to be on the safe side, I guess. Is that something? I mean, do you guys think we'll be seeing more of this? Well, you know, I think I have to say, I think gender selection in of itself, there's a lot of sort of ethical dilemmas in that. I mean, maybe not so much here in the United States, but then when you look at more developing countries. So I think that when we do use that here, we're setting a precedent, you know, internationally. So, I mean, that that bothers me at some level. I mean, it's great that they're saying, hey, we want to have, you know, girls, but I mean, in other parts of the country, it's the other way around. Did they actually do gender selection yes. or did they, it's, were they just hoping for girls? It specifically says we chose to have girls. According and to he's Joe got Francis. the finances to do that. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, and his partner says we both wanted girls. So yeah, they, they chose them. It just almost sounds like they're trying to be, you know, intentionally unconventional. It's like, like okay, well, we're we're not going to get married, and we're going to do IVF. You and know? we're going to have designer children. And we're going to designer children, you know, free of disease. You know, they're going to look like this. It's kind of what, did you guys see the I movie Gattaca? They, they're going to be little monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't design personality. So the, the, the overall feeling is we don't think this absolves him. Nobody thinks, we can't just. And not to defend Hugh Hefner as a great. Defender of women. <laughs> but I think there's a huge difference between the two of them because those are much older women who are, I think are making a much more educated choice. Not that I would personally make the same choice, but I think there's a lot more um, self-will involved with that. Whereas what Joe Francis does, I think he's such a predator and preys on younger girls who, you know, it's spur the moment. They're probably out drinking. They're, you know, hanging with the girlfriends. It's a very spur of the moment thing. And it's not as much of a lot of thought that goes into it. That's I true. Think that's Maybe let's just hope just this a, actually does yeah. give him a respect and love for women. That's and we true. Can, we can see some better business practices in the future. So maybe maybe in the next few years we'll see a change of heart. Girls gone only a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe or maybe the next thing will be girls gone wild and we'll we'll see videos of, you know, like, you know, the, the house like completely torn up or toddlers you know. with diapers on their heads. Yes. Yeah. That'll change the meaning. <laughs> now they'll do the um, girls gone wild but the twins version of it. Like the twins twins version. Yeah. Yeah. I could subscribe to that. Hide your children. We do subscribe to that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today's topic is fascinating facts about twins, and today we're chatting with our expert twin parent panelists about some fun and quirky facts about twins. So thanks for joining us today. So I think we, we all know that the twin, we, there are more twins born today than ever before. 
Um, some of the statistics say that since since 1980, um, twinning has increased a whopping 76 percent. Um, so, in fact, so like in 19, or excuse me, in 2009, one of every 30 babies was a twin compared to 1980, where it was just one in every 53. And so some of the factors are age, women are waiting a little bit longer until their, till their 30s. Um, and then there, and then of course, fertility treatments. So, um, th- of course, that's, that's a really um, big one. Um, but, um, you know, I thought there, there was interesting. There are some other factors that I hadn't heard about. Um, one of them was that tall women are more likely to have twins. I mean, have you guys heard about that? I actually did. Um, when I found out I was pregnant with the first set of twins, we went online and did some research, as everybody probably yes. turns to the Internet. And I read that, I don't know what the source was, but I remember reading that if you were taller than average height, um, slightly heavier than average weight. I, I call it fluffy. <laughs> um, and at least 35 or over, and I ticked all of those boxes. Those were the three that I remembered reading. Oh, interesting. Huh. And, and I'm 5'9". So. And you're 5'9". So, yeah, you're you know, a little above average. I think what's, what is a woman, like 5'4", something like that? Yeah, yeah, so definitely. And, yeah, it's, it's apparently, according to this, this study, um, at the, through the Long Island Jewish Medical Center, they said that there's a protein that's released from the liver in response to a growth hormone that stimulates growth in the shaft of larger bones. And so having higher levels of IGF results in increased sensitivity of the ovaries, thus increasing a woman's chance of ovulating. So, um, But that doesn't bear on our identity. Well, yeah, yeah, so that's all yeah. applicable to fraternal twins. And I think the size as well, because you've just got more room, you know, probably less likely to be able to carry to that's a good point too so i mean maybe the women who are have let's just say larger abdomens right are able to carry it until you see less of the vanishing twin now i'm just confused because i'm only five feet tall so it doesn't really seem fair over here i mean i don't have any room <laughs> i'm only five feet tall the same thing yeah. but i think again this is all applicable to fraternal twins with multiple True. ovulation and there are a lot of things that drive that heredity yeah. is a Right driver of that as well. So I had heard um, that the same thing, tall women, but I figured I was safe there. Um, I was a little bit overweight, but fluffy, but not not too much. Um, But I had also heard that if you go right off birth control, um, pregnant right after birth control, it can increase your odds. And also I heard over 30. Um, And so here I was thinking I'll go off birth control months in advance and I'm only 28 and I'm not very tall. I should be fine, right? Apparently that's not the case. So short women beware as well. (laughs) So you never know. Now, you know, now there's another thing, another contributing factor, and I've never heard of this either. It says women who eat a lot of dairy are more prone to conceiving twins. Like that kind of blew me away. I mean, I've heard about sweet potatoes. There was some something about the, the yams women in, the in yams. Africa. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, well, I eat some. I like yams, but dairy. So, um, yeah, according to to this one, there is also it's kind of the similar thing where they they compared twin rates from vegan mothers and non-vegan mothers. And so the ones who consumed dairy were five times more likely to have twins. And so this is because cows, like humans, they also produce this this IGF in response to growth hormone and release it in their blood. So um, so maybe, I mean, maybe dairy or vegan, I don't know, is anyone vegan here? Nope. No. No. Sorry. Dairy is an important part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. <I> mean, clearly. <laughs> 
ice cream. I mean, come on. <laughs> Cheese for me. Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's here's another little factoid that's interesting. I mean, speaking of sort of the mothers. So um, according to these studies, so mothers of twins actually may live longer. I think that's just kind of contrary to like what we would think. I mean, my gosh. I mean, I, how we feel in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got, I know, I mean, I've gotten a lot more gray hairs since, since having twins. And if you can survive having twins you can survive <laughs> anything we're just sturdier folk really as yeah. a result of you this have life to experience. be you really do and what's what's the saying you know if it doesn't kill you and make, make you stronger, stronger. exactly <laughs> kind of on the on the genetic side again uh you know we always think identical twins are identical we've been told that it's you know it's an egg splitting they have the exact same dna um, but now there's some studies that are saying that identicals really actually aren't um, identical. Um, now, for example, we do know that identicals have different belly buttons and fingerprints. So when they, and they said like a, a belly button is essentially, you know, they, they're clipping the umbilical cord. And so it's like a, it's a scar, unique scar. So that's kind of more man-made, but fingerprints. So yeah, how so, does that form? Um, I looked this up because I have identical twins and I thought it was fascinating. So they have the same original fingerprint the one that they would have been born with but what happens is the fluid moving around inside the amniotic sac can kind of move and affect the the whorls on your fingerprints and so because each baby is in a unique place in your amniotic sac as the fluid moves and pushes they end up with slightly different fingerprints so very interesting scientifically and also good for all of you to tell your children that no you cannot commit a crime and blame it on your brother (laughs) the dna samples would come back strikingly similar though yes, yes. but yeah. but their fingerprints are different um, and dental records are actually different too um, my boys got their teeth in a totally different order at a totally different time so I might have mentioned this last time but my kids lose teeth on the same day they're I've heard <laughs> that yeah I mean they're that close but I bet mine have more different fingerprints because I had twin twin transfusion and um, so one of them the flu- the amniotic fluid level was significantly lower than the other ones so if that's one of the influencing factors, they might mm-hmm. even be more different. I'll have to check that someday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no, no, that's that's actually a really good point because, I mean, there's definitely in the in the prenatal environment within you know, the amniotic sac, um, they're, you know, they've found that, you know, different syndromes like the twin to twin transfusion and uh, TAPS. And I forget what the uh, the official name of that is. But, um, I mean, we, we've seen births where you have identical twins, and if they're sharing the same amniotic sac or if there's um, a very thin sac, maybe one's getting more blood from the placenta and the other one. And so you have these significant birth, date, uh, birth weights. And so you said yeah. to... Uh, well, we had twin-twin uh, uh, transfusion syndrome, and then also the one that was the recipient... Um, who was the smaller one, he also had a velamentous cord insertion, which we didn't discover until after delivery. And thank goodness I had a C-section. But that was another reason that he was always a little bit smaller because he just wasn't getting as much. And he's, uh, to this day, considerably thinner, has always been thinner than his brother, although he hit his growth spurt first. So he's an inch and a half taller now. But, oh, uh, wow. But, That's but pretty significant. If, yeah, if you look at their pictures all the way through, though, his his face is smaller. His features are slightly smaller. The other one's just got more, just larger everything. So it definitely had a, a contributing factor, which leads, you know, goes to the, all of the uh, intrauterine influences. can de- They develop differently. They just cook different. Mm. Yeah, and the, the womb is an environment. And so the studies showing environmental factors can affect twins. So obviously, if one is more active, 
you know, and eats healthier over time, you'll have a thinner twin in general. If one smokes and one doesn't, that their faces will reflect that. But the, the womb is that first environment. So if you have a different, you know, different placenta, different cord insertion, issues that are going on. So, yeah, we had velamentous cord insertion. The size difference is marginal, but, I mean, Sawyer is just a little bit smaller. He's always been just a touch. And it's almost like... Yeah, it's like ten percent. Even when they weigh us. almost yeah. the same, you can still see he just looks a little bit just yeah, more just a, fine. yeah, just more yeah. fine. I think that would be a good way to describe it. Did, yeah, you know, another thing I think was interesting too, with, with since we're not talking about identicals, is the mirror image identicals. Have you guys heard about that? Yeah, yeah actually, we looked to see um, if my boys could be mirror image twins because the the whorl on the back of their head is opposite. Mm-hmm. Sawyer will pretty much use his right hand all of the time, but Grayson kind of goes back and forth. I'm pretty sure by now that he's right-handed, but we looked it up, and it turns out that for them to be mirror image twins, the egg had to split very late. Um, And so it's, like, so late that they were almost not conjoined, but in the same one. So if they're, if egg splits very late, then they can end up being mirror image twins. Now, mine, because they were diamniotic, dichorionic, split very early. So there's no way that they could be mirror image twins. So if you had two separate sacs, two separate placentas, then they're definitely not going to be. But if the egg split late and they shared one with that membrane, then I see Brandy nodding over here. Uh, Yeah, we we were Dymo um, twins. So diamnionic monochorionic sacs, one placenta with the identical boys. Um, And they are four and a half, have still not yet determined which hand will be their dominant hand yet. Oh, wow. And one tends to lean to a left-handed and the other tends to lean to right-handed. So there are no birthmarks on them. There are no freckles. There's nothing on them where we can look at them and see if they would be mirror or not. I guess we're just going to have to wait and wait and see. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another fact that uh, says, okay, so fetuses that share a womb and a birthday aren't necessarily twins. Okay. I mean, I read this and I'm and I'm thinking, okay, how is this actually possible? A woman can ovulate and if her hormones are off, she might actually ovulate more than once within a, a cycle. So she could ovulate and that egg is fertilized and then maybe two weeks or three weeks later within a certain period of time she can ovulate again even though technically she's pregnant and then she gets pregnant a second time so (laughs) and that could be with a different dad and it could be yes yes and that is that is actually that's yeah that's hard about that when they do um they can because with ultrasound technology the way it is they can do those early ultrasounds and um when the conditions haven't affected it so far and in that situation what you would see on the ultrasound is you would see twins with a gestational age two to three weeks apart and we all know before 12 weeks those are fairly accurate I mean size differences haven't been accounted for it's not very common I don't think anybody should be too concerned about it (laughs) but yeah it's funny the the things that the body can do basically it doesn't realize it's pregnant yet and ovulates and yeah so that's another twin and I guess what happens is in that case is that I mean I think in most cases they're born at the same they're born at the same time um, but I guess there have been cases where one is born and somehow the uterus closes up again and then the other one is born I have later. I'm like, how can you imagine going into late? You've got two babies inside. I mean, which to me, by definition, I think is two babies as twins. But OK. And then you go into labor, you give birth and then everything closes back up. And it's like, OK, well, we're going to do this next month. <laughs> 
<laughs> on the one side, it might have been kind of nice to have just one baby for that first month. <laughs> but you're still nine months pregnant. So that's the yeah, down, there, that was the other that. side. Yeah. God, the body is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> so then, yeah. So, the, so this um, thing where you can have the two babies, it's called, uh, okay, super fecundation. I'm totally butchering it. I, I realize that. And then what Shelly had mentioned, um, that, that you can have twins with different fathers, and that's called heteropaternal superfecundation. And there are known cases. And they, the only reason that they found out is because when the twins came out, um, well, one was black and one was white. And they said, well, wait a minute, you know, how is this possible? And I, this was recently, I think, earlier this year. There's been a couple cases. Yes. It, yeah. And so I think in, in that case, uh, so a woman... Um, I think she had ovulated at the same time, and so there were multiple eggs, and then she... Multiple partners. But remember, sperm can live for up to five days, so, I mean, it's not as unlikely as one... You know, it's not like it had to be the same minute. I mean, you've got almost a week there. Right. So... It's a lifestyle choice. It's a lifestyle (laughs) choice. Yes. Yes. So, so she ended up, yeah, so there were two different, two different fathers. And, um, so there, I don't know, you, you got to wonder wow. what are the, what are the child visitation and paternal rights? You know? I, I don't even know if that kind of custody would work out too. That's a I think instead of saving for college, saving for therapy. Yes. Yes. Well, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about how, uh, twins, how they interact with each other in the womb and they get a head start on socialization. Well, welcome back. Today we're talking with our expert panelists about some truly unusual facts about twins. Uh, we've been talking about some unusual, some genetic variations that we um, don't expect. Um, but what about sort of the the, the social interaction? I mean, when you've got two babies in the womb, um, they're they're actually interacting with each other, and what effect does that have on them later on? Um, and it's interesting. There was a study um, in Italy. And the researchers, they, they looked at some 3D ultrasound videos, and um, they, they found that when the, the, the babies were just 14 weeks old, they noticed that the pairs, they were reaching out for each other, and they were touching their head-to-head and arm-to-head. And then at 18 weeks, they were stroking each other more often and were very, they're in physical contact about like 30% of the time. And I mean, that seems really amazing to me that they have this awareness and what we might think, you know, fondness for each other. <laughs> or I don't know, or are they just saying, you know, are they, hey, move out of the way? <laughs> well, I actually have a story about about the in, inside the womb interaction. Uh, around the 20-week mark, we had the uh, growth check ultrasound. It's an hour per baby where they measure every, every par- portion of their bodies. And um, at the end of the ultrasound, I asked, and this is with my first set of twins, the identical boys, I asked the um, sonographer if she would please just hold the device still on my belly so that we could just sort of watch them. Because as they're moving the device around, you'd think the baby is moving, but really it's the fluid moving and they're coming in and out of focus. And so I said, I just want to, I just want to look, I just want to just hold it still for a moment. And I'm so glad I did because we actually got to see them. Uh, they were facing each other. And in exact unison, at the exact same time, they began punching each other. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it looked like a game of Rock'em Sock'em Robots from the 80s, you know, the little game. And because as, as one's right hand went forward, the twins' brothers 
left hand went backwards. So they weren't oh, actually funny. punching each other, but it was like this little choreographed dance they were doing. <laughs> and if there weren't other people in the room, I would have swore that I made it up and it didn't actually happen, but it really did happen. But yeah, I, I have to say, I, I think that um, that closeness does create this sort of just, just mental you know, consciousness, I guess, of, of twins. Cause I mean, I, I mean, of, of being together and I mean, I see my girls interacting and, you know, you, you know, you hear about, um, it's like, Oh, do they understand each other? Do they read each other's mind? I actually had a lady ask me, do they read each other's mind? I'm like, well, why don't you ask them? <laughs> but I think they do have this sort of anticipatory, you know, attitude where they can sense what the other one wants and maybe it is that from that close proximity and I think that kind of touches on um, you know the twins having their own secret language or tent twins being kind of language delayed I mean they're so in tune with each other they kind of are able to know and anticipate and there's not really a, a huge motivation for them to talk to other people when they already know what the other person wants if you will I mean I wouldn't call it mind reading but I think you know, just like you and your best friend can finish each other's sentences. I mean, imagine that just magnified, you know, their awareness of each other is so high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost an intuition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. And now speaking of language, uh, we have heard about twin language. And um, according to studies, that um, 40% of twins invent their own language. Mine certainly has. <laughs> they talk to each other, but I'm not really sure what they're saying. Yeah, it's and apparently that um, it's it's very common where um, they they they're mirroring each other and they're they're I mean it's, they're anticipating they're just using sort of this you know their own symbols or their own expressions and they understand that and I mean I'm like forty percent that seems that really, seems a little high. Yeah, it and it says that. Um, they said the researchers suspect that twin babies use each other as models in developing language when adult model language is frequently absent, and it consists of invented, inverted words. Excuse me, and okay, onomatopoeic. Okay, onomatopoeic. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I got the teachers in the room. <laughs> they got expressions, and um, so they're yeah they're formed when two very close babies are learning how to speak a real language alongside each other, and they play. So, um, but it says that they, that languages often disappear soon after childhood once they learn a real language. So, I was curious now. How about you guys? Did did yours? Mine were speech delayed, so I think they just never had the opportunity to develop their own language because it took them so long to develop any language that it just went into regular speaking. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it with either set of ours. No, so maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> I promise I'm talking to them plenty. <laughs> no, they just, it sounds like words, but I have no idea what it is that they're asking for, but they seem to understand each other. Another thing is that they um, they both think they have the same name. So they're both named Sawyer, and they will call each other Sawyer, and oh, they, so they it sounds different, kind of, like they're very certain when they're talking about themselves and versus their brother, but I, it's very confusing, let me tell you. <laughs> Sawyer, so you Sawyer and they both mm-hmm. raise their hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, no, you do have a separate name. <laughs> uh, like, Grayson will sit there and say, Mama's milk, Dada's juice, Sawyer's milk, Sawyer's milk. <laughs> like, to himself and his brother, like, as though it was just totally normal, as though we named them the same thing. <laughs> Thanks so much to everyone for joining us today. And for more information about fantastic facts about twins or for more information about any of our um, speakers and panelists, you can visit our episode page on our website. Now, this conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. And so after the show, our panelists are going to talk about uh, how twins can be born in separate years. So um, for more information about the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, TwinTalks.com.
Hey everyone, this is Sunny. I am one of the producers here on Twin Talks, and we have a funny twin oops to share with you guys. This is a segment that we like to do where our listeners send in funny comments, parenting situations they've been in with their twins, and funny things that have happened. And so this one comes from Lindsay, and Lindsay says, We have three boys, age four and under. When our twin boys were about two years old and our older son was three and a half, we were bathing them all together, just as we've been doing for the past year. One night I turned around to pick up a bath toy, and when I turned back around, I found that one of my sons had noticed his brother's, ahem, private parts. So in an effort to exert a strong statement about privacy in our own bodies, I uttered a statement I never thought I'd say. Keep your hands to your own penis! (laughs) My husband and mom, both within earshot, erupted in laughter and have never let me live this one down. Oh, Lindsay, the things we say when we're a parent, right? Well, thank you so much for sending this in. If you guys have a comment about your twins, a funny parenting story you want to share, a twin oops, as we like to call it, you can call our voicemail, which is 619-866-4775. You can also send us an email or even just post a comment on our Facebook page. So that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies, and Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go. Next week, we're going to be talking about inside the NICU, bonding with your babies. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.